Hello and welcome to another episode of the Morning Drive podcast. This episode I'm joined by my friend Shami Kalra, who is the founder of Amalogato Watches. Automotive motorsport watches, what more could you want? So we sat down at his offices in uh, Windsor, right across the road from the castle, to chat cars and watches and where he's come from and how he's grown this multinational brand across the globe, basically. Uh, This is also a heads up that there are two pauses in the podcast, one for the changing of the guard at Windsor Castle, which is quite a special thing to see, so we stopped to see it, and the other for a microphone dying, so we had to stop and swap it over for one with some battery, but it shouldn't be too disruptive, and it won't break for the podcast. It'll still be really interesting, as it was to sit and record. So, on with the podcast. I'm going to set the premise for you. This is The idea behind this is just casual conversation, right? What I do with Tacona is promote getting people to talk to one another. doesn't have to be all mental health focused, that kind of thing. It's let's get people chatting. The idea of conversation often has a lot more of a benefit outside of just the conversation. You, yeah, yeah. you often find that just chatting to someone takes a lot of that like pressure and the, mm. the tension out of how you're feeling. So the idea behind this podcast is to just have conversations with interesting people mm. or people that are doing interesting things or people that have had interesting lives and stories and things like that. Um, so the reason I asked if you wanted to come on is because you do interesting things and you <laughs> live an interesting life and it would be interesting to have a conversation. Mm. Um, the one thing I'm going to say is your microphone's turned itself inside out so you might oh. be best folding that over while it's folded, if that makes sense. So you know how your shirt's folded. Oh, right, okay. If you... If you Clip it over the fold. I'll tell you what I will do. Oh, like a gentleman. Do what, another button up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Saturday that night. will work perfectly. Thank Is that right? You. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, cool. I want to be actually able to hear you. Yeah. It's I'm normally the loudest person, so <laughs> I'll give you a, a fair fighting chance. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a chat. That's cool. What it is. You lead it. Well, and then I'll start it, and we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, <laughs> I've got no questions. I've got no interview format or anything like that. It's entirely designed to be casual cool. because it, it sets an example as to how conversation can be and hopefully encourages a few people that it isn't scary to talk to people. No, no. It can feel very daunting, but once you get going, it normally mm. becomes quite easy. Cool. So the only question I ever have in these is who are you and what do you do? And that allows you to introduce yourself okay. and give a bit of your perspective on what it is that you do in life. Okay, cool. So fire away. Oh, right. Okay, good. <laughs> Good at this. <laughs> um, I'm Shami. I, I'm the founder of uh, a watch company called Amoligato, which started, uh, what are we now, seven, yeah, seven years ago. And it's been well documented. I've spoken about how we started and all the rest of it before. And it was not a corporate sort of idea or a bunch of guys with business plans. It was just me yeah. with ten, less than a tenner in the bank thinking, God, I've got bills to pay. How the hell am I going to do it? Yeah. So, um, came up with this idea, four days later, came up with a website, just one of those stock ones that you can get off the internet, sort of like months free, and then 20 quid a month sort of thing, so yeah, I yeah. thought I'd give it a go, 
And um, like I said, it's been well documented. I've done a, a few of these um, interviews. Again, I don't know why people want to talk to me, actually, because you sort of sit there in the dark most days, panicking about stuff and wondering whether you're going to, you know, what your next thing's going to be and whether you've got enough stock or whether you've got enough money. Um, but within the first four days or two days of starting the business, from having less than a tenner, Within seven days, I had something like £4,000 in the bank. Wow. Yeah, I know. It felt like I won the lottery, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember it clearly because I started the business on a... Uh, it went live on a Tuesday. And three days later, I was invited to the Sky F1 studios to be part of the audience. Wow. Um, with um, uh, it was Damon Hill and Nigel Mansell with Peter Windsor interviewing them. And you know how you have people standing in the audience just standing there? Yeah. yeah. I really, really wanted to go, but I had no money to put fuel in the car. Yeah. And I thought, there's no way I I would spend the last few pounds that we had to go and put fuel in the car to go and indulge myself. And then that Thursday night when the money came in, I literally filled the car up with fuel (laughs) and went down. And and he even had a sandwich as well. So it was (laughs) was a really memorable day. And... It, it, ke- it keeps being repeated. Um, uh, Tales from the Vaults, I think, on Sky TV. Right, yeah. And now, and Peter Windsor asked me a question on there. I was actually selected to ask a question, and now Peter Windsor and I are friends. So Amazing. it's and Damon as well. You know, we see each other and say hello, and it's just surreal how life sort of goes full circle, sort of thing. But um, but yeah, so I, I run a Moligato. It's a wonderful business. I'm really privileged to be able to run it. I'm really privileged to be involved with the stuff that um, a lot of people love. Uh, and to be invited to a lot of things around motorsport. Um, basically, that, that that's what I do. That's who I am. <laughs> there are loads of, you know, social media is wonderful, right? We all, hey, look at me. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. And then you walk away and go, okay, now what? Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, the thing is, everyone needs validation, right? You know, what you're doing, uh, Lewis, is wonderful. Talking to people oh, about mental health issues. We all need validation in some way. Whether your mum says well done, whether you get the gold star on your on your homework. Yeah. From a young age, we've all needed validation, and the validation a lot of people get these days is the likes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a bit shallow, really, because you know it really isn't. There's been a link between um, the dopamine rush that you get from that yes. and like drug addiction and things like that. Is there really? There's a. There's been a lot of like correlate. Correlation is the word that I'm using, but. Yeah. However, that goes yeah um, between like brain activity on drugs and brain activity on social media. Oh wow! There's I, I don't know the sources and things like that. So it's I think I've those, heard that. Actually, but that it's one of those Twitter where is more addictive than Class A or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's the way that it tracks your attention and the yeah. way that it rewards positive engagement and things like that yeah. is, is very similar to drug addiction. Yeah, which is wild. That this yeah, the yeah, gadget that we've got in our pockets is well, effectively. You argue that sometimes social media is a bit more dangerous than a drug. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because you've got direct feedback from other people. It's yeah. not like when you're on drugs and you've just got that drug in your system and it's yeah. you and you, yourself. Yeah. You've got people that can, if they fancy it, and often do, be very, very negative. I, I had it in the beginning, and honestly, um, you know. I'm not, am I allowed to swear in this? Say whatever the one. <laughs> yeah. I used to get these people sort of out of nowhere saying, oh, you sell shit watches. And you're thinking, well, actually, that shit watch that you're calling it is actually paying my mortgage and is actually feeding my family. Yeah. How dare you call it that? 
Do you know? And who are you? Mm. And then uh, even now, I find it quite... So let me, let me go back to where it was. And so there was a period where um, things were getting better, people were talking positively, and that was making a lot of people uncomfortable because everyone likes for you to be in your pigeonhole. Yeah, yeah. The minute you come out of your pigeonhole, people go, hold on a second, I'm feeling a little bit, I'm th- feeling threatened or I'm feeling uncomfortable or that guy should always be in that pigeonhole. Why has he moved to another one? Why has he got two pigeonholes? Yeah, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so people like to regiment and regimentize people in their heads and say, that guy belongs there. And if he comes out of that situation, then I'm not happy with it. And a lot of people feel like you growing effectively means that they have to shrink. It's almost like they're playing no. this, this yeah, zero-sum yeah, game yeah. where if you're winning, they have to where it's like yeah we're not in that kind of environment no everybody can grow in this space that's the one thing that i've done with the brand actually i've made it very inclusive Mm. so there's lots of things in motorsport which is exclusive which means you're not allowed in you're excluded yeah right so we run an event called chronos and cars okay and that chronos and cars event is you'd be invited to stuff that ordinarily you couldn't go to on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So we've had events at Williams Formula One. We did a Formula E event with both the drivers on the stage where I was interviewing them. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm rubbish at interviewing. Me uh, too, I'm just good at <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we've done some amazing stuff. And even I sit back and, God, if I didn't have the business and I hadn't met the people, I would love to go to an event like this. So, we, so we're very inclusive. It doesn't matter whether you spend £99 or whether you've got this one chap... I know, um, who has over 50 watches. And, and a lot of customers, are, 90% of our customers have a, more than two watches. Amazing. So the repeat business is wonderful, and I'm absolutely humbled by it. Um, but, you know, you buy something from, from a brand. You buy, you know, you buy these sunglasses. I'll never hear from that sunglasses company ever again. No. Whereas with us, it's like, hey, you bought those. Why don't you come and do an event with them? Why don't you come and join us in an event? By the way, you might meet one of your heroes. We had Derek Bell doing a Q&A session. We had Karen oh, Chandler doing a Q&A session with Porsche. So it's all about being included and, and because I have felt excluded. Yeah. You felt excluded in... Um, I didn't have enough money to have the right tickets for, to go to a motorsport uh, race. I didn't have enough money to be involved with the, the right clubs and all the rest of it. So I was always excluded from the sport that I love. Yeah. Right. Um, again, I've said this to people in other podcasts, but I went to the British Grand Prix in 99 or 2000, took my son with me. We spent three months worth of Tesco's money, right? to buy those tickets. And I honestly thought I could just breeze in, say hi, hello to Mika Hacken and say hello to Michael Schumacher, you know. Yeah, yeah. And as I got, when I got there, everyone was looking at our tickets going, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. And all I saw was... You get I to think, walk around the edge of the track and see the race from You literally the see a Formula One car for, what, three seconds yeah. and then it disappears. And then when the podium happens, it all happened before you get to it. Yeah. I, and I couldn't afford a hamburger. And I couldn't afford a water or a drink. So I had to bought my son the hamburger and I bought him the Diet Coke. And I was literally begging for, not begging, that's the wrong word, but I was scraping around for water all day because I couldn't afford anything else. And I thought, how awful does this make me feel? Yeah, yeah. And all my life I've been watching Formula One and dreaming about going there. And then when you get there, you're not, you're not welcome, really. Not unless you've you're got just the a, a money source. You are. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, it's getting worse. Friends of mine are going to Silverstone. We're recording this uh, the day before the Silverstone Grand Prix. Yeah. And they both paid £750 a ticket. Now, I don't know about you, Lewis, but 
I haven't got 1,500 quid lying around doing nothing. No, and if I had 1,500 quid to go to a car event, it would be the Le Mans Classic, which is also on. Yeah, Because that's yeah. a road trip and a weekend away, and you see all the cars... Do that you know how much see. Le Mans Classic costs to get in? No. 80 euros. That's it. You know what I mean? And you're part of the whole event. Yeah. Whereas uh, the Formula One, we, you know, I've watched it since God knows when, but I, I just... I, feel, I don't feel connected anymore. So what they're saying is, oh, you're the old fogey, drive to survive, drive to survive. These drive to survive guys who swipe up on their phone and get bored after two years won't be there in two years, probably, mm. right? I sound cynical and probably old, grumpy, whatever, but... I'm under 30 and I agree with you, so... <laughs> <laughs> but they'll be... I'm 52. Um, they'll be swiping on to the next thing soon. It, and what that will be, I don't know. And then... What's happened is Formula One's alienating all their true fans and hardcore fans. Uh, and and the, the sort of... The new fans, great. The sport needs new fans. I don't deny that. I think it's a great thing. But you need to look after people like me. Yeah. And I, I don't feel... Like, I had, I had a chance of going to Silverstone. I don't want to go. I'd rather stay at home this weekend. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've just come back from the US anyway, racing with... Um, uh, endurance racing, but I'd, I'd just I'd rather just stay at home and watch it on TV on Sunday because I'm I'm not I'm not excited about. Well, it. you don't get that sense. Like I went to the Belgium Grand Prix in 2018, mm. and that was I used to work for UPS, who sponsor Ferrari, and I got some internal competition tickets or whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't have paid to go because it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I went, and it was all like you've got a company credit card, do what you want. Wow. And even then, you're just wandering around a racetrack. There's yeah. a little bit of stuff to see, and they'd wrapped a Caparo T1 in a matte chalk paint, yeah. chalkboard thing, and you could write your name on it. And this, all right, because a Caparo T1 looks like a Formula One car. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's did, like, oh my god, it, it's a Formula One car. Did it blow up? No, no, it's stationary. <laughs> There's probably no probably best. Yeah, yeah, probably best. Um, <laughs> but I, I went, and the sense that I got the the most exciting part I got was standing at the bottom of Eau Rouge and watching the cars hit, yeah. bottom out basically. And that was it. That was the only interesting part of my mm. time there. And like the corporate guys that had been invited, like the big bosses and that, who didn't actually care about Formula no. One. They no. could not get They just liked the fact that they've got the VIP ticket and they get yeah. to go down yeah. into the paddock and this, that and the other. And I was still chatting to them because I'll talk to anyone on the mum beforehand. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. I was like, oh, who do you want to see? And they had no idea who any of them were. No. I was like, what car do you want to win? No idea, not following it. They just like that little trophy that they are oh, get to go down into the paddock. And I was like, I'd actually really appreciate that. I met somebody recently on the way back from Le Mans and we were talking about um, drivers and he was invited by one of the uh, race teams. And I said, oh, that driver was pretty cool. He did, did really well. And he said, who? And I went, you know, the driver, the guy you were invited by, the, the company. Oh, he said, oh, I don't know anything about him. And I thought... What, what are you doing there? Yeah, yeah. Why are you there? Not, not that we shouldn't include new people and all the rest of it. People need to learn. But he had no interest whatsoever. It's just like a trophy, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is like a, a trophy. Little, like, yeah, I've been to Lamar. And yeah, yeah. And, then that's, that. and that's it sort of thing. Whereas, you know, t- still I get excited about going to racetracks. Still I get excited about, you know, getting messages from heroes. That's, that's the one big thing that I found, especially recently. So going back to when I started and how... I got trolled on Twitter. Those lonely nights where you're working hard until 12, you're trying to sell something or you're trying to tell the story of something and then, then some guy comes out and says, oh, you're selling shit and you're selling crap. And, you know, and you're thinking, you, you start arguing with yeah, yeah. the app on your phone. 
So I was sitting in our coffee shop around the corner from our office where we're recording this now. And a Formula One driver, who's a good friend of mine, was sitting there and I was pretty low. It was probably 2018. Um, and I said, oh, he goes, what's wrong with you? I said, oh, I keep getting trolled on Twitter. And he goes, how bad's your trolls? I said, well, this guy said, oh, you're shit. He goes, hold on a second, I'll get mine. He goes, you effing twat. You don't know what the bloody hell you're talking about on TV. So I went, oh, that's pretty bad. So I've got a worse one, hold on. <laughs> Um, you, you crook, you liar, you this. He goes, no, no, I got another one. I got a better one. So it became almost a competition competition. (laughs) with who had the best troll. And honestly, that literally clicked a switch in my head. I thought, you know what? This is funny. Yeah. It's so funny that we've triggered people into getting them to come on and talk about us. They're talking about us, right? And, you know, hate me. Love me as long as you're talking about me. Yeah. So yeah. that keeps going on in my head because it means that you're talking about what we're doing. And if you stick your head above the parapet, you're going to get shot at. Yeah. If you stick your head and you never come out, you're as safe as anything, right? So I'm happy to be shot at now. And honestly, that in the office, if we do get a troll on Twitter, Facebook's the worst. It's hilarious. It's almost every morning. We, we have this laugh for about 10 minutes, right? What do we get on Facebook this yeah. morning? <laughs> oh, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Who would buy this shit watch? And you're thinking, yes, we've got, we've got one. another one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think one of, the, one of the people in the office has set up a charity box. So every time we get a comment, we put a quid in there. That's a brilliant so way So it's great. Do it's yeah. a great way to turning the, these, you know, and then we've got this. Uh, and I get involved with social media, as, as people may know. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I won't stand for it. I just won't stand for it. So it, the funniest thing is, uh, my re- the funniest reply is, oh, you're that bloke on the internet my mum warned me about. <laughs> and as soon as you, and I do it through the company sometimes as well. And as soon as you say that, people get very angry. They block you straight away because it's like, hold on a second, this guy's calling me out. Yeah. Well, actually, Twitter trolls, if you're listening, you make me laugh. And the more you troll us, the more we give to charity. So, you know, if you want to carry you on to it, it yeah. <laughs> you what, we'll set up a separate one for Calm. Yeah. And anyone that mentions the podcast will put a pound in for Calm. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, uh, seriously, we'll do that. If you put this out on your Twitter, yeah. the, everyone who meant, what, what, what's the keyword? What do you want to say? Oh, I don't know now. Lewis, there you go. <laughs> everyone who puts Lewis, hashtag Lewis, I'll put a pound in the box and we'll, we'll donate it to which charity? Calm. That's Calm. Calm support okay um, in which case it's first of july today yeah we'll do that for this month okay. so every troll we get and anyone who puts hashtag Lewis, this we'll won't be going out for a few weeks because i've got okay. three or four lined up ahead okay so once this goes out we'll yeah. use that as our start point and i'll i'll let you know when it's scheduled yeah yeah do that do it from then yeah do it from that yeah but um, i'm happy to do it but yeah that, that'd be funny because that's the only way to deal with trolls and then you, you sort of get into arguments where as you know, Lewis, I love cars, right? Yeah. And these, I work bloody hard. Uh, I've had the opportunity of taking the company offshore to not pay taxes in the UK to make it tax efficient, mm. right? And I've said no. I'd rather sleep at night knowing that I'm driving on a public road with the lights on. And if I have an accident, an ambulance will come and they'll take me to a hospital. All of which is part of our state. Yeah. Right? yeah. All of which is paid for by our taxes. And what irritates me the most is that people who drive along complaining about potholes in their lovely big cars and they're offshore, they've got offshore companies. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I hope, you, I hope your bloody wheels shatter. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It really <laughs> you pisses me off. You have to pay out of pocket for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It, but, so I'm, I'm very proud to be um, 
English. I'm very proud to be born here, very proud to run the company from Windsor. Where we're talking from now, we're literally well, opposite. At, I, if we were in a different room in this building, we would be looking at the castle right yes. now. That's <laughs> how close... Like when you sent me the address, I was like, oh, that's, that sounds like a nice place. And then I parked, parked up and had a walk. I was like, I'll go and see the castle. And I got to the castle and I turned around and I was at the place. I was like... <laughs> Oh, wow, well, this would be a nice, easy one to find. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, if we, if, if we were in the boardroom right now, you could literally look into... You could watch the lines of tourists and yeah, see the parade yeah. when that comes And often through. tourists come up to the window and sort of put their heads against the window to look in to see what's going on in there. Yeah. So it's quite funny, actually. But yeah, no, I'm proud. I've lived in Windsor all my life and I love the town. Um, it's very nice. And it's a very nice community. I could, I could go from here, the top of town to the bottom of town, I could get the week shopping, I could get my hair cut, yeah. I could get a cigar, I could get a suit, I could get a tie, I could get coffee, I could get a cake, etc, um, etc, et without my wallet, because everyone knows you here. Yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of community, which you don't get too often these days, because no, people no. move around quite, you know, if they want to and all that. Oh, I can't say much, I've moved five times in the last four years, really? all, all over the place, we went so I'm from Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire originally, yeah. and then my UPS job took me to Brighton. Oh, right, we went yeah, to sure. Essex and then Hertfordshire, yeah. and now we're in North. I oh, get nervous. We moved six miles out of town about <laughs> twenty years ago. And I got nervous. No, thirty years ago, and I got I'm nervous. To walk about... to town. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been here all, but I like it and it's familiar and, and everything else. So, um, well, but yeah, my brief encounter of it so far, it's been lovely. It is really it's nice. Really nice it place. is really nice actually, and it, like the community, centre community is lovely. Mm. Obviously, every town has problems. Post-COVID, we've all got problems, right? Yeah. Everyone sort of um, had that, you know, um, that sort of lack of communication with people. And, and there's two things that I always talk about, um, which I'll come on to, actually, because it, it's the only thing humans need, and it was taken away from us. But going, going back to 2018, 2017, where we were doing okay, we were doing okay, and then um, we got a couple of big breaks. Um, I say we, it was me. <laughs> I make it sound really corporate. Oh, I say we all the time. Do we? Yeah, me. no, it's just. In fact, I had that with a Twitter <laughs> troll where he was taking the piss out of me. Yeah. And then he tried to bring Henry Catchpole in. All right. Who's won one of my t shirts on Henry's one of his cool videos. Guy. He's, a really, he's one really of the nice coolest guy. guys, actually. So he's a, a he, future oh, guest. He, he validated, sorry, but no, no. he validated the fact that I chose a manual 911. <laughs> By that video, and I actually stopped him at Goodwood and said, "Dude, thank you," because everyone was saying, "Why don't you buy it? It's faster. It's faster. It's point yeah, yeah. nine seconds faster." I'm like, "I probably take it. I'm probably the slowest bloody nine eleven out there anyway." <laughs> You've got but, a GT3, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, four liter manual. It's uh, the 2018 one. But everyone's going, "Why don't you get the PDK? Because it's faster." I'm like, no. but, and then Henry came out with that uh, video. I was like, "Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank oh. you." Yeah, sorry. I no, no, no. It's it's one of those. Um, because he's been a supporter of what I've been doing, and he was funny enough, he's a guest on the podcast that's oh, nice. will have come out by the time this goes out, but yeah. hasn't come out yet. Um, so, someone started being shitty over something on Twitter. Do you want to pause it and watch the band? Oh, we're going to pause so yeah. we can watch the band come out of the castle. Yeah. Right, I've restarted the recording. I, I'll probably be able to cut that little clip out anyway, or just leave it in. Who cares? Who cares? We've just watched the band outside Windsor. We've organised the band for you, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, it must but... have been about 50, um, I forget what they call the cavalry with the bears hats yeah. or whatever. The, the uh, fun part about it is <laughs> that armed guards that had armed police following them. <laughs> yeah. The armed guard for the armed guard. 
And, uh, and those, um, what do they call the, the guys up in the tower? Oh, the snipers. There's snipers Jeez. up there as well, yeah. So if you li- literally are, they'll have you out. You know? This is probably the most secure office <laughs> in the country. There's <laughs> literally snipers out. More secure than a Rolex dealership, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, best place to have a, a watch company yeah. operating. Couldn't get any more secure than having the Queen as your neighbour. Um, I think I was in the middle of a Twitter troll. Yes, list. yeah, with Henry. He was that was it, yeah. So yeah. he tried to drag Henry into... Some, so I'd, I'd come across this red Rolls Royce in Essex. Yeah. Really, like, metallic red wrapped. And the number plate was Fatso. Oh, right. Oh, I think is, I've seen that. Yeah, it's a guy who was on um, the, not Dragon's Den, The Apprentice. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know who he is. I've just... No, I've, I know the car. Yeah. Well, so I've I seen the car, yeah. Took a photo of the car and said, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Nice yeah. and simple. Oh, nice I and, remember that tweet of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a fair bit of engagement. Yeah, yeah I remember and The that, guy yeah. whose car it was went, oh, you should see my other car. And it had another silly number plate. Yeah, on yeah. And I just said it out of like, wow, this is it's a very flashy car with a very bold wrap and some yeah. very big wheels and a very funny number plate. And this guy was like, I can't believe... Um, Someone promoting mental health would be so derogatory. I can't believe Henry Catchpole is associated to this, blah, 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 blah. And I replied saying, you know, I'm just a guy, right? It's not a company. It's not this big court. It's just me. Yeah, yeah, And all yeah. of the Twitter stuff, is, it's just a, a bloke that's wandering around Essex. Because <laughs> my day job at the time was setting up You're Wi-Fi. You're not allowed your opinion, you yeah. stupid man. And I was like, there's more important things to think about than yeah. me calling a, fl- a flash car flash. Like, yeah, yeah. And it completely shut him down. It, <laughs> I was like, well, well now you just well, it's, argue it's, with it's the person. It's like, you know, whenever I buy something, I buy, buy a car, I'm always worried about the reason sell because I have a, a finite amount of money mm. and if I lose that money I can't buy anything again and I love buying stuff yeah so everything that I buy right it has to have some sort of resale of the actual cost so you know if, if it let's say it costs 10 grand I have to get at least eight grand back for it in three years or you know something of that yeah. sort of thing oh I can't buy it if I buy something for 10 and it's worth three I don't have any money to go out and do something again yeah right? so I'm always looking for resale and always making sure that my asset values are protected, right? Yeah. So something good, I might buy an investment, whatever. So I've said this a few times, and McLarens, as we know, you buy a McLaren, you may as well throw half the money in the bin, mm. unfortunately. For such a great brand, you lose money. And I often say it on Twitter, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do it because I lose money. This one chap always comes up, well, other people are allowed to buy it and make their own choices. And I'm sitting there reading this going, Yes. This is my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you're not allowed to. And the thing that gets me is as my car Twitter thing grows, you get more and more people just attacking you, thinking, I'm just me. I I don't understand why people read it. I just put crap on there. Well, you've got three Twitter accounts, effectively. You've got your own one, you've got the Autopap one, and obviously Amalogato has its own one. So the Amalogato one one is obviously the watch one, so we have to keep it watch-related. My personal one, so many people in the industry follow me, right? So many interesting... Not well. Actually, we're all interesting. Everyone's interesting, but so many people who are influential to the way that my business is run follow me on my personal one. If I start, started talking about gearboxes and colours on cars, I go, "What the hell's wrong with this guy?" So they don't know yeah. the the other account. The other account is just me going, "Hey, look at these wheels. Aren't they shit?" Yeah. <laughs> And I love it because it's a bit like putting your shorts on on a Friday night and relaxing or taking well, your that's tie that's the off. one that I follow with my personal account. Yeah. So I'm the same. I have the Tacona it's, one, which is 
it's weird because Tacona is intrinsically linked to me as a person. As yeah. much as I tried at the start to not make it so, yeah, it's very much personality driven. While it's still just me and my laptop bumbling yeah, around yeah, the country, yeah. and and that's quite cool to have a personality because it you know to just throw out tweets at ten o'clock every morning with hey here's another hey, car here's a t-shirt like, hey oh, it's just boring yeah. you've got to put and so the autopap account which I don't try and advertise although I'm doing a great job now yeah this will get heard by like 12 <laughs> people so you'll be yeah. okay and they'll all follow you already anyway <laughs> that one's just a bit like you know hey it's Friday take your shirt off and just chill do you know yeah, what I mean take that button off yeah <laughs> yeah but a lot of people are now getting to realise and if I come across as sometimes my opinions are a bit strong and I, I stand by my opinion sometimes I get it wrong and, and I apologise and sort of say, yeah, cool, that, I, said, I was a bit harsh there or, or you know, shouldn't lay... I tried to be as diplomatic as possible, even with the trolls. Yeah. You know, I bought a Ford. Oh, what'd you buy a Ford for? Yeah, and it's like... Um, um, I wanted one. <laughs> let's just clarify for a minute, though, Shami. Yeah. Which Ford did you buy? Well, it's a, it's it's a nice a, one. It's, it's not black. KA, is it? <laughs> It's got go faster stripes on it as it's well. It's very so. fast, and it's not just your normal Listen, Ford, but as if a, anyone follows you, they'll know what it is anyway. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to go into details. It's the up GTI that we all really care about. Yeah, mate, I've actually come in that today. Have you? Yeah, yeah, put, put it in the company car park. My Renault um, 5 wouldn't have made the trip, otherwise I'd have no, that. No, I did see it at Bista the other day, actually. Yeah, yeah. But I live in Northampton, so it's like 40 minutes. So what's it doing with Luke all the time? So we used to live in Essex. Yeah. So Luke's place, or the family's, like D&G, which is the recovery yeah, yeah. company, is in just outside Brentwood. Oh, right. So we lived in Southend, which was probably 40 minutes away. And then we moved to Sawbridgeworth, which is 100 yards into Hertfordshire. Right. So we get to say Hertfordshire, which is only 35 minutes away. Oh, okay. So I, I got that last year um, thinking, oh, I've had an old car before. I know what I'm doing. And then within two days, I'd broken it. Like I tried to change the spark plugs on like day one because it had a lumpy idle. I was like, we'll start you with the spark French plugs. You know French cars self-explode, implode Yeah, all anyway. the time. Yeah. I've had it back. I got it back on Sunday from... So I did the clutch cable last week. Luke and his dad brought it up to Bista for me so that we didn't have the logistics of driving all oh, over the place. Right. Is that why you had it on the trailer? Did it, or did no, you the drive clutch it? cable snapped. Oh. Luke happened to be in Northampton dropping off a Jag, which right. is his car of choice. Yeah. At Workshop 77. Yes. And Dave he went... Lane. Lovely guy. Oh, of course. David, said, David did my SL. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never actually met him. I've He's heard so many lovely dude. stories about him. You, I've still you, not met you'd him. have a podcast of effing and blinding and Because he's South African that, as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so and honestly. part of the diet. So if you want to interview him, you're going to be editing all bloody night. You're no, no, do I'll a seven-hour interview for a 20-minute allowable. It's fine. I'll leave it all in. It's, it's a podcast. <laughs> I can be grown up on it. Uh, it's not on YouTube either, so they can't flag it or anything like that. No. Um, so... Logistically, he dropped a car off in Northampton, had a trailer. My car's obviously on the drive because the clutch cable snapped and I didn't fancy the drive to his with no clutch. Yeah. And it was fortunate that he'd been in the area at that time with the trailer. So he took it back to theirs. Oh, nice. And it need, the radiator was a little bit iffy and I'd sourced a, a new one. So I went down, replaced the clutch cable, didn't have time to do the radiator. So therefore I couldn't take it home for Bista. Mm. And Luke's dad did his apprenticeship in Renault 4s and 5s. No way. So he loves that car. As oh, much wow. as he doesn't want to admit it yeah. too much. <laughs> when I got it and I took it there and I'd never met him before. This was the first time I met Luke's dad. Uh, it was very fun. I'll wait in the reception area. We'll have a look. We'll take it in and blah, blah, blah. 
and they came in and they told me I'd cross-threaded the spark plugs and they'll leave leave it there overnight and they'll have a look and this, that and the other. And it was it was very, not formal, but it was, I was a stranger to a certain extent. Yeah, I, yeah, Luke, sure. I didn't know the company or his dad. Now it's I turn up and they go, right, the ramp's free for you. Just <laughs> get out of the way and sort your own shit out. Okay. Um, but Luke said his dad like ran over and like, oh, I'll see out this one. Everyone get out because <laughs> oh, really? that's his, his favourite thing. Such is a, I nearly bought a Renault Campus, five Campus. I love it. There was one for sale in Shropshire and it was up for two and a half grand or something or 2,400 quid, but it only had 35,000 miles on it. Right, yeah. Red, and it was a car that I couldn't afford when I was 19. Yeah, yeah. I had a two CV and I wanted a car. I remember, I remember it clearly. I wanted a car with wind down windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that was my aspiration, you know. But but I couldn't afford. But I I it was about six months ago, maybe a bit, bit longer than that. And by the time I got to see it, the guy had taken a deposit on it. Oh, so I was gutted. I paid five hundred quid for mine. Five hundred last year. Wow. And uh, I've probably spent another five hundred just yeah. Listen, bits that, and that, bobs. That's, that's old, old cars. cars. That's yeah. old cars for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I got that back at Bister on Sunday, and on Wednesday the window mechanism on the passenger side broke. Because <laughs> I've never had it a week and it's broken again. Mate, so like yesterday if, I was on my knees. Being a French car, drive. even if that was new, that'd probably happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's already had the driver's side yeah. front. Um, the passenger, the driver's side rear doesn't work and we haven't replaced it. It's just fixed ah, in place. They, they can, yeah. Um, the passenger side's now broken. Yeah. So I've drilled all that mechanism out and wedged it in place till I get a new one. Yeah. But it, it's one of those where it's a cheap car. It costs me almost nothing. Yeah. The insurance is like 200 quid a year for the yeah. both of us. And yeah, yeah. When it breaks, you can push it out of the way without having to worry too much. And we've got a reliable daily car that yeah. does all the things that we need it to do. Um, but it's just, it's one of those cars that you get in it and you just enjoy. Well, I think owning, owning a, a classic car is wonderful. I, I bought the SL um, about a year ago and David from Workshop 77 has basically stripped the bodywork, <laughs> uh, re-sprayed it. Yeah. Like for instance, uh, previously the, um, the chap before was a mechanic and he was very good at what he did, but there were, there were bits of filler and loads of rust and everything. So David did the most amazing job of cutting it out and redoing the panels and aluminium and oh, made, oh it's, honestly he's a cost. real craftsman. He really well, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> if he's it's listening to this, yes, you are a great craftsman, David. Yes, <laughs> he's got great staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, funny enough, um, one of the I don't know if you'll have come across them or not in our, all the circles that exist on Twitter and yeah. Instagram. That but Liam from the Backroads who's 944 spent the best part of two years in Luke's workshop. And every weekend they'd go down and tinker yeah. with more bits to try and get it fixed. Well, it's supposed to be going into workshop 77 to get the oh, paint wow. done. Yeah. And uh, every time it's like, this has happened, we can't get you in. This has happened, we well, can't so get you busy. in. He's paint, so busy. Paint guys have bailed on me. I can't get in. It's just, he's a victim of his own success. Yeah. And People letting him down all the he's time. Got, he's got some great plans of the future. He's mm. just invested in that new building. That new unit looks amazing. It's wonderful. Over a million quid's worth. Jeez. So, isn't, you know, he's really putting some money behind what he's doing. Yeah. And I talk, I talk to David mostly every morning or every, every, every other day, at least on the phone. Yeah. And um, he, he's got a great, solid business. Um, which is sort of going in a great direction. But he's done an amazing job with the SL, and I love it. And going back to the classic car thing... You know, you're constantly on eBay every day looking for a part, and the minute you find the right one, you feel euphoric. Oh, yeah, it's just such a great the feeling. The worst thing is when you think you found the right one, and then it arrives, and it's <laughs> yeah. the wrong one, and you're like, 
And I've got to start all over again. Yeah, or it arrives and it's got to fit. And then you get a five-page sort of manual on how to do it. You think, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, it, my car's going back into David probably September after the summer right. to go and get more stuff done because the interior is the next bit. I'm, I'm not happy with the interior. He says it's great. But it's got the wrong cloth in it, and it's really... It looks... If I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know, but I know that it's got the wrong cloth in it, so it's got to go in and get get redone. So, uh, yeah. Just more money. Yeah, oh, mate, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. We, my wife and I have been together today 30 years. We got yeah, he's my, come here on his anniversary to sit and chat to a person that he's never actually met. I'm going to be in so much shit. But it doesn't matter. It's fine. She gave me permission. She said, fine. I hope she said fine. Fingers crossed that's mate, what she said. Mate, otherwise I'm moving in with you, mate. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know how long the fine... Yeah, yeah it depends how many eyes it's fine or it's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, David was... Uh, Shammy was married for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Until today. Now I'm moving in with Lewis. No, she, she's very patient with me. She knows that I love cars. And when we were younger, you know, when things weren't going well and... Uh, I had bailiffs come around and I had a car repossessed. Uh, they, they, they were horrible days and horrible moments. And those sort of days sort of, um, you know, they, they, they still hurt. They still get me and they still scare me. Yeah. When things go wrong in, in life, and it's very easy to do it as you get older, you've got to admit it straight away. The more you shove it underneath the carpet or say, no, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's actually not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the only way I got through it was, you know, we were talking about being pushed over the edge mm. before we came on air. Or, or we, I can't remember. But we were talking it could have been about, at the start of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about being pushed over the edge. Oh, we were talking about your job. Yeah. And sometimes you, you need to be pushed to, to sort of start flying. Otherwise, you just stand on the edge thinking, oh, I'm comfortable here. I don't need to. I don't yeah, need to. Yeah. I don't need to. So I was, I, I, I really wish I'd, um, let's get this analogy right, actually, because it don't want to sound like it's awful. I wish I'd admitted to myself that things were going wrong. Mm. And that sense of me man, me hunt, yeah, yeah. Me, me okay, that's bollocks. It really is. It really is bollocks. Yeah. And, and because I'm a bit older than you, I'm probably... I'm a generation probably older. I'm 52. What are you? Less than... 29. You're, you're 29. So I'd say I was a generation above you. Yeah, yeah my son's 28. So my dad that. is 51. Yeah, so there you go. So I'm your dad's generation. So your dad's generation grew up watching Macho Man, literally, Randy on Savage. TV. Yeah, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, men weren't allowed to be vulnerable. No. My dad, if I ever said to him, I'm having a bad day or whatever, he'd man up. Yeah. Man up, what the hell's wrong with you? And slap around the face. Yeah. You know, and you sort of go, shit, I need to man up because my dad's told me to man up. You're not allowed to feel. No, Put those emotions no, aside, you're no. a bloke. Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, um, you know, what's wonderful is that you, you are allowed to be vulnerable. However, there's a fine line with, okay, I've got to get this right as well. Because vulnerability is wonderful, I think, because it shows true personality. Mm. If you, you know, we're not all macho men. We all bleed. I've nearly had my house repossessed in the past. I've had to sit in county court pleading to the judge for another 28 days not to take my house away. Yeah. Those kind of moments never leave you, right? Mm. They ground you completely. This is the worst time of my life it was many years ago, but it was the worst time of my life. But it absolutely grounds you. But it also forces you to sort of... Get out of your man up, you'll be fine, 
and actually start speaking to people and say, actually, shit, I'm sinking. Yeah. I don't know what to do. The government set up a load of advisory boards and all the rest of it where if you get through to them, you get to speak to somebody. There's loads of now charities. Twitter, people may laugh at this, but Twitter's a wonderful place. When you throw something out there and you're feeling low, the other day something was, oh, yeah, yeah I got a, somebody was really bringing me down. I just said, you know, I feel really bad about it. I must have got 50 messages back saying, dude, what you're doing is amazing. Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily go to Twitter for support. No, but what no. I found on that, on, that, on that platform, and that's how we met, right? Yeah. Is I've made so many friends out of it. I've got this community of people where we all respect each other. We're all sitting on our phones looking at an app. But the respect <laughs> for the person behind that is, is there. Yeah. And, I, and I found that sense of, um, it, it's like a support group almost. Which a lot of people would say you're mad because if you look at most of Twitter, but you know we've all weeded out the idiots, and yeah, we all know how to deal a with idiots. Sense of maturity once you get kind of once you've established a bit more of a, yeah. a profile and a little bit more of it. Right, these are the people that I find interesting. I yes. engage with. You find your community. Yeah, you find yeah. your tribe, so to speak, which yeah. is where Drive Tribe kind of yeah, tried well, to go with it. Well, listen, I've said this many times, and I did a speech the other day to, to a whole lot of um, business people. In, in life, you only need two things, and this is all you need. You need to belong, right? Mm. We all need to belong to something. You're wearing that lovely Mazda Le Mans car t-shirt, right? Yeah. You have a lovely bunch of people who, who engage with your community. We have a car... We all belong to this car community. Yeah. Right? I live in Windsor. I'm a Windsorian. I love living in Windsor and I love belonging to the community. I'm accepted in the community, right? We all love a certain sport, whether it be football. We're all tribal when it comes to West Ham versus Arsenal, whatever. We all wear the shirts because we want to belong to something. Yeah. You know, if you're excluded from a family wedding... How bad is that feeling? Well, well sometimes people relieve. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are relieved, but you know. But if okay, so if I know exactly what you mean. Though you, they're the people that you're supposed to be close we, to. You know, you, you wear people wear might wear a boss T-shirt. It's because they're showing that they're part of that tribe of people who wear those kind of T-shirts, yeah, yeah. which is fine. Respect anything that you do, even if you've got 3D gel plates on your car. Which I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My friends have a, a number plate company, so... It's oh, really? So they made you a gel plate. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I won't go down that route then. Uh, it's okay. okay. They were well, free, know, so... You bought a Renault, you bought a Porsche, you bought a Ferrari, you bought a Toyota. Yeah. You're part of that community now, right? So we all want to belong. So that's what humans need. The other thing humans need is we all need hope, right? Yeah. There's no point in me sitting here as a 52-year-old with £100 million in the bank and I've got terminal cancer. Mm. I've got no hope. I've got nothing. And the money means nothing. Yeah. So people chase the money, especially the, what I see the younger people, they chase the money, chase the money, because, okay, we all have bills to pay, we all want to better ourselves, we all want to buy better things and have a better life and eat better food. So I get that. But we need the hope. So, for instance, um, a good example, with, with, which I do with, with my brand. Actually, no, I don't want to make this into an advert. <laughs> so, for instance, going to Silverstone, right? That, that was a great thing. The hope of me going to Silverstone and getting those tickets was wonderful. I finally achieved it. I've hoped to get it and I got it. When I got there, I didn't belong. Yeah. And, that, and when you don't have both of those, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, you, okay, Miami Grand Prix, $8,000 tickets now. $8,000 a ticket they were, right? Well, isn't it? Roughly, uh, from what I heard from people. I, I didn't look at it, but what's what people... I have no hope in hell with buying that, that ticket for that, for that Grand Prix. 
if I've got no hope, I don't want to belong to it. My my automatic thing is sorry, I don't want to be I don't want to belong. Yeah. So you need hope and you need belonging. That's all we need. This podcast is about us talking about being inclusive, yeah. about the community, about you know about how we've come through what we're doing. But but it's hopefully going to give people hope that I haven't just arrived here. I haven't just, you know, woken up one morning and thought, oh, I'll go and buy X amount of thousand pounds worth of cars. Oh, I'll start a watch company. It'll go global and I've got people all over the world. You know, yeah. it doesn't happen like that. No. So we, we all need that sense of hope that, you know, if, if I can do it, bloody well, anyone else can do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? All you need to do is don't be a dick. I mean, Caffeine and Machine have got that sign yeah, very yeah. right. And, and it's very annoying it. because I yeah. wanted to use a similar thing. Because <laughs> we've got um, Coffees and Cars, which is our... I say we again. It, it's me and my friends started it. So yeah. there is a we aspect to it. Um, there's five currently, two more coming in August, which I need to actually tell anyone about. Um, and the idea behind that is the community. It's low barrier to entry intentionally. Mm. Like They're free, they're supporting my friend's cafe or the motorist up in Leeds yeah. or the idea is that the community comes together they support a local an independent business yeah everyone has an opportunity to be around each other but they're free is the point because yeah. that barrier to entry helps build inclusivity yeah as you've said like the barrier yeah. to entry to Silverstone is very high therefore you feel excluded yeah. all the time so yeah. it's intentionally structured that way let's create a space for people to come together for their passion of cars Let's build this community. Let's create this sense of belonging and create opportunities for people to meet and chat and all those things that come with that belonging to a space. Yeah. And that all came about because of a group of guys that like their cars, that one of us, his car's off the road. So we're like, oh, we'll just do it at your place because yeah. he has a cafe <laughs> yeah. and there's some public parking nearby that's, really that's nice. free on a Sunday. Let's yeah. just... Let's just do it so then you can be part of this group. Yeah. And it creates that sense of belonging. And then the whole idea of like you have to have hope and aspiration and things like that. Like I started this, I don't ha- I still don't have any money. But it's one of those where you you just you have an idea, you put your effort into it, you have a passion, and you try and build something alongside that. Like the thing is that when you if you keep things authentic, yeah, don't contrive. You know, this podcast is sponsored by... Yeah, don't, don't it's do sponsored the... by Tacona. <laughs> <laughs> you need to remain authentic. Obviously, you need to commercialize things because we all have bills to pay, right? But if you remain authentic throughout yeah. and don't get attracted by money the whole time... I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got partnerships, which I've actually... One of them's going to court, actually, because they, they literally... I won't go into it, but but uh, it was the we'll attra- off the, the end. They are off the end. Well, <laughs> bloody tell you about them, kids. Um, but but you know, it, it, don't chase the buck. Don't never chase the buck. Chase the authenticity. People love authenticity. Um, okay, like I said, we all have we have bills to pay, so you may have to get a sponsor on the podcast when things get better. Because you know, tra- you traveling down here today. You know that's a consideration, isn't it? That coffee was three quid. Yeah. So you yeah. know, well, so you, you've got to you've got to make things pay. Right. In all fairness, the the kind of the way that a podcast for me, it works on like multiple levels. It's not just I like chatting to people, mm. and it's an opportunity to kind of showcase conversation. That's one kind of box that it fits in. The, to give a very more business side of things, it works as a an awareness generator. It works as a 
potential traffic generator for the site. It helps yeah. grow the yeah the awareness around Tacoma. Like I've had people message me going, oh, I came across you because yeah. I listened to your podcast with yeah. so-and-so. So yeah. it helps to, as, as much as it is an amazing opportunity to... The band is back, if anyone can the hear The band that. is <laughs> back. Um, it's a great opportunity to demonstrate conversation and it acts on the principles of why I started doing what I do in connecting people. So what you're doing with your brand is exactly correct. You're giving a sense of belonging. These conversations with people that you, that you want to speak to, you want to hear from, yeah. uh, people are listening to it and they start belonging to your community. Yeah. And then that belonging... You've got so you've got a product there which gives them the ability to sort of buy into that belonging. It helps support yes. this as a thing. Like yeah. I have no intention to be like, right, I'm gonna make this really strict business plan and this is gonna go in that direction and then I'm gonna be able to I still work a full time job and I've just been made redundant from one and I'm starting a new one soon. So mm. I, financially this doesn't have to support me no. as much as I would love it to. And I always think, how many t shirts do I have to sell? Yeah. And I'm like, if I sell two hundred <laughs> t shirts a month. Yeah. I can live on a nice, comfortable like salary mm. and cover all the business and all the things that need to happen. So my brain is always like, how many t-shirts do I need to sell for that? And it's like, oh, if I want that car, I need to sell this. Or if I yes. want that, I need to sell this number. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, I need to sell like a million t-shirts to <laughs> all the things that I'd like. Um, but it's a position where I, I have a lot of passion for doing this and... I enjoy doing, I really enjoy doing the podcast. Like, I've put a lot of energy in over the last few weeks to try and get as many as I can while I've had the time and the capacity yeah. to because I genuinely enjoy doing it. I enjoy sitting down and chatting. I enjoy meeting interesting people. I enjoy meeting people from the industry that was always my passion but never something that I was actually involved with, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I had a, a 1988 Mini as my first car and it had deep dish mini lights and it was bright orange and blah, 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 blah. And I felt like I was part of that community of car owner, car yeah. enthusiast. Yeah. And it's one of the founding reasons why I started Tacona is I was going through a lot of shit as a teenager. Oh, really? And like, I don't talk to my dad anymore because of it, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. So my car was my escape. It was what I did when I was feeling shit. I'd go for a drive or I'd work on something. Yeah. It was an old Mini. There was always something to work on. It's how I made friends. It's how I connected with people. It... It wasn't just transport. And so when I was coming up with the idea of this, and it, it came about because I was when I was working for UPS, if I had a common interest of cars with someone, it would lubricate the conversation yeah, and it would yeah, make that yeah. business meeting flow much smoother. Mm. And that evolved into, right, let's get people to talk and connect with yeah. using cars. So that Mini was my connection to the car world, and it's how I made like 95% of my friends. Like Even my best friend... We wouldn't have met if we weren't both working on our first cars in the street. Mm. We like we live next door to each other, but we had no connection to each other because it was the house that my mum moved into when my parents split up. Mm. But I would work on my mini in the road, and he had a one liter Fiat Punto, and the cars brought There's us together. There's the community. There's the belonging, and that's what it. Yeah. That's what it was all about. And then mm. eventually, I had a, an Audi A6 diesel estate that was like a hand-me-down car. Wonderful. So I fell out of the car world because it's just a normal car. Yeah. So I wasn't going to meet, so I wasn't socialising or anything like that. And then I bent the chassis on that. Like went over a full, like, you know, the little diamonds that they and have in car parks. bent the chassis on a German bars like that? You go over a full four <laughs> curves at 30. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, it bent it, either bent it 
up in the middle wow. where it hit the kerb because the inside tread on the tyres was down to canvas. Oh. That's how I noticed. Oh. So I put some cheap tyres on and then part exit it for my GT86. Um, and then I got the GT86 and I was immediately back in the car world again. Yeah. And yeah. I, within a month I'd been but, to Donington and I'd been on track days and I'd met people and it really pulled back in. That's the black one, isn't it? That you've got? Yeah, 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 I've yeah, still nice. got it. It's yeah, nice. Six years I've had it nice. today, actually. Oh, six really? Six years today. Yeah. Um, but now from the Tacoma stuff, it, it's, I'm on the other side of the fence, if that makes sense. Yeah. Going from an enthusiast and not to use the word punter, but like a person engaging with products and media and things like that yeah. to the other side of it, creating products and media and podcasts. And One YouTube thing you hit on actually, when you said that you bought the Audi A6 or you got it as a hand-me-down and you felt disconnected. I hate that. I hate the fact that people in car parks judge you by what you're driving. Yeah. Since I've got that um, Ford with a stripe on the top. Yeah. I have been invited to every garden party this side of <laughs> freaking October. Hey, Sham, you must come along. Oh, you must come along. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going. I went yeah, to yeah. one at the end of April. A lovely something-something hall and something-something estate and a lovely marquee. Guys have greeted me with sort of like a virtual air kiss. Right. I hope you turned up in the Volkswagen. I went in the VW. Yes. He, he's given me, he's looking over my shoulder. He goes, oh, Sham, where did you park your car? And I went, well, it's over there. He goes, which one? He goes, oh, I still the little red VW up. And he went, oh. I said, what? You don't want me? You want, my, you want, you want yeah, the other yeah. car? And I said, listen, if you don't want me here, you should have said, you should have said, just, I just want the car because I yeah. want, because the, these guys, and I'm going to call them out. And if you're listening and you want me to bring that car, you guys who are looking for glory by association piss me off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty interesting guy to talk to. I don't need material stuff to actually be invited to anything. Yeah. Okay. And so going back to what you said about the, I hate the fact that when you go to a car park, I don't go to car park meets anymore. I'm not because, not because I'm a snob. It's because I hate the, the fact that you just turn up and he goes, all right, all right. And if you haven't got the right car, people don't talk to you. Yeah. I and I, I don't like that. So whenever we do an event, it's about people first. It's about what we're doing. And then if you want to bring an interesting car along, then that's great. It's fine, but it's about... Vista Heritage is becoming that way, actually. It's becoming about the people. I'm not really interested in the cars anymore. Yeah. You know, so what, what Dan Geegan's doing there, and I remember speaking to Dan when he first bought that place in, I think it was 2011 or 12, and he said he's going to do something with us. Oh, it sounds like an amazing idea. And look what he's done. It's a brilliant He's created place, a community, yeah. right? But it's, I don't think it's about the cars anymore. You can turn up in a you can turn up in a clapped out old VW Polo if you wanted. You park it out there and you're part of a community, and that to me is more important than someone saying, "Come and meet me at so and so pub. We're going to line our cars up, and whoever's got the nicest car wins." Yeah, yeah. That to me is not. I hate those kind of things. I really hate it. We've found that the coffees and cars have kind of been the community not the cars it is which is really like that was the intention that was what we aimed to do from the get-go and especially the Sawbridge with one the original one it's so heartwarming that that's become the case we have people that they turn up because they're like we had nothing else that got us out the house this month other than that event yeah we have people that have made friends at them we've had people that come from all walks of life like we had a a Viper GTSR turn up 
just turn up. The guy turned up and, it, and it, he went into the cafe and he said, oh, Mike, I'm really sorry. I couldn't bring my cobra down. He's got an, an actual cobra, wow. which he'd, bring, he'd brought down. He went, really sorry, I couldn't bring my cobra down. I've, I've had to bring my other car. Um, hopefully it, it fits in. It's, it's, it's relatively rare, so hopefully it fits in. And he walked out of the car park and there's this bloody Dodge Vibe with a full racing livery on and this and the other. And the community side of things is the real like heart and soul of That's these. That's where it should be. Which is exactly what we hoped for. Post-pandemic, right? Yeah. We're all sitting around looking at our phones. That was the only community we had. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see my children for six months because of all the lockdowns and where they lived and all the rest of it. Maybe so. I haven't seen my mum still in three years. Wow. So, and she's coming from India in October. I was going to go in December, but they had lockdown there again and... There's so many restrictions, and so she's coming in a couple of months' time. But I haven't seen her in three years. So, you know, we all lost a hell of a lot of belonging. Yeah. Right? Post-pandemic events and people who do these kind of events, it's not about the material stuff that you have. No, and People no. make it about the material stuff. You know, rare cars on a the lawn. They're nice to see it. And it's wonderful that these people look after it. But when hosts of these kind of events can't even bother to say hello to you... What's the bloody point? Yeah. I can walk around a garden anywhere and look at a nice car. I can go to my garage and look at a nice <laughs> car. I don't need to go to an event. But you need, I love going to these events because I know I'm going to meet so many good people there. Yeah, yeah. But if the hosts don't even say hello to you or they're disappointed because you've turned up in a, in a VW up rather than a Ford, that pisses me off because I'm, I'm worth more than just material stuff. Yeah. You know, and, my, and, my, and the depth of my character is... It's not the car you drive. It's not the bloody car you drive. And it sounds arrogant, but it's not. You know, and, and, and if you're only invited because your car, well, you need to have a, a word with yourself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Bist is a great example for this. So my little yeah. Renault always ends up inside because yeah. I've made so many friends at yeah. Bist now. And case in point, the guys at Classic Performance Engineering who very kindly let it park outside the front of theirs I last time. I saw that. They've got a 250 short wheelbase on a ramp inside. And one of their customers turned up in their 250 California, and they still let me park my 500 quid Renault outside. <laughs> well, it's not because about they're the car. not about the car. It's not about the car. And if you love it, you love it, and that's all that matters. Yes, yeah. and I love that car. To be, I, I could be materialistic and go, it's not worth my time. But I love that car. To be, no, I love dude, the dents. I, I love is, the missing bits of trim. I, I had a Panda 100 horsepower. Amazing. Love those. I things. bought it. I went all the way down to Cornwall. No, Devon to pick it up. Got it for 1550 quid, and. I'm going to tell. Should I tell you a Formula One story? Go for it. I'm going to tell you it because I think it was hilarious, actually. So I had a, a meeting with uh, Nico Rosberg in London. Oh wow! Yeah, he. he actually, I'll tell you this because it didn't happen. He wanted to buy a percentage of my company. Right. He. he we were talking about thirty percent. There was loads of conversations going on. So he said, "Can you meet me in London?" So I went to London. And I thought, "Do I go in the Porsche?" And give a prerequisite sort of idea as to who I am. Oh, he drives a Porsche. Yeah, he drives a Porsche. He's the owner. Um, do I go in... Um, I can't remember what other car we had at the time. It was some sort of family wagon, whatever it was. And I thought, no, I'm going to go, go in the Panda. Yeah. Because I tell you what, if he judges me by the car that I turn up with, I don't want to deal with him anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he says, oh, God, there's only the guy who drives that. So he's on the 34th floor, right, of this building in, in London, in Hammersmith. And he's looking down and he's giving me instruction because there's six parking spaces because it's London. You don't get parking. Yeah. So right outside the building, there's six parking spaces. So there's a Bentley, there's a Rolls Royce, there's a Mercedes. There's a gap. And then... <laughs> then there's a gap and then there's me. And he goes, oh, Sham, yeah, just, I've got you a space outside the front of the building because we'll go off for lunch. And I went, 
Yeah, cool. He said, which car are you in? I went, a little white one. He went, what is that? And I said, it's, it's a panda. And he said, a panda? And he said, I said, yeah. So I parked it up anyway. So, and then when we, we were going for lunch elsewhere, we had the meeting, then we are going for lunch elsewhere. And I said, we'll go in my car. And he went, let's do it. Oh, and we literally drove from Hammersmith to Queen's um, uh, um, tennis courts, which is about sort of two, three miles or whatever it was. His dad had one, has one in Monaco. And we bonded because of the panda. And I thought, this guy is cool. Yeah. He, he, you know, because... I didn't want to give him any impression. I didn't want to give him the big I am. I wanted to show him the true colours of who I was. That authenticity. Authenticity matters, right? And then the fact that he engaged with the panda because his dad's got one in Monaco, we literally laughed and howled between Hammersmith and Queens. And it was was one of those things where... You wouldn't have had as much fun of a drive in a Porsche either. No, because it would have been... Because we, it's a bit like wearing a Rolex. Yeah, I've got a Rolex. Um, I don't have a Rolex, but I, you know, I've got a Rolex Daytona. You, you walk around with a Daytona. You've told society you've done something. You you are where you are, and now you've conformed to what society wants you to buy. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to buy a Skoda and explain to their cust- their, their neighbours why they didn't buy the BMW. We've bought a Skoda. One of the coolest it's cars ever. Brilliant. Coolest right. cars ever. And that was a. This car does. We need a car that does this, 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 and yeah. this. And it needs to be nothing on the better than a Skoda. Skoda. And if you scroll back and do a search on my Autopap account, you'll see me talking about how cool the brand is. Yeah. Because and the other thing is, you've made your own decision. And people to, for people to make their own decision in life, it's getting rarer, isn't it? It's getting rarer <laughs> because everyone wants you to conform. You have to drive down in a red sports car. You have to. Why did you buy a Ferrari? Why did you buy a Ford? I don't like Ferraris. Yeah. Because you're conforming. And, and Lamborghini, don't even get me started on Lamborghinis. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really... You're my... running out of options on your sports car, don't you? <laughs> you don't want McLaren because you'll lose half the value. You yeah. don't like the two Italian No, options. no, because you're conforming. My mum phoned me up from India, and I'm going to mock her accent, right? Because I'm allowed <laughs> you can. to. I, I can, yeah. You can. <clears throat> Shami, why don't you buy Ferrari? Why you buy Ford? It's like, mum, but it's not a norm. She goes, yeah, but you should have bought a Ferrari. And I'm like... No, mum. She's got a Fiesta in India. <laughs> so she couldn't quite work out why I spent money on buying a phone. It's because I, want, I made my own decision. And I tell you what, when I put it up on Twitter that I've got it, yeah. oh, you should have bought a Lambo. Oh, you should have bought a Ferrari. Why should I have done anything apart from make my own decision? Yeah. And that's where the authenticity comes in any business. You make, if you're vanilla ice cream, yeah. right? Every, like, when was the last time you had vanilla ice cream? You can't remember. Don't even pretend to remember, right? When was the last time you had pumpkin chili chocolate with, with um, whipped cream? If you had ever had it, you'll bloody remember it. So in business, you've got to be the pumpkin chili chocolate. Yeah. And in any, if you want to stand out in anything that you're doing, you've got, don't be vanilla. Yeah. Don't sell Rolexes, although they're wonderful products. Society wants you to just buy that product. And, I, and I'm doing the, the watch analogy because that's what I use quite well, often. That is what you do though, isn't it? And I, yeah. With Amoligato. So for me, this on a personal level, what I saw in Amoligato when I first discovered it was that's what I wanted to do with Tacoma. Yeah. It was car inspired. It was enthusiast driven. It was let's use our love of cars to connect in the your Amalagato stuff, a lot of it has a very clear car connection. Yeah, to motorsport, it. yeah. And it, I, I don't know if it's as upfront, but it's obviously very abundant that 
that is what you're using to connect people is people look at watches and they go, oh, I know that one, we're therefore, we've got something in common. A lot of people have done that. One, one couple actually got married. Amazing. 2018, they met each other and about, I think, 18 months later, and it was only because of the conversation of a watch at a bar. The watches. Yeah, and they and got that, that's exactly what my, my clothing exists for, is to be that conversation yeah. piece. So when I came across you and Amalogata, I was like, oh my God, that's where I want to go. That's, for me, it was not only do you do interesting things, you do cool things, it was that's what I want to do and that's where I want to go. And it was really inspirational to be able to see and to go, oh, actually, I, I can talk to this guy that's doing the things that I want to do and he's down the path that I want to walk to a certain extent. Obviously, we, we do mm. things differently and I'm doing T-shirts and mental health and you're doing watches and motorsport. It's not the same path, but it's very much a, oh, that's amazing. We're and giving that's inspirational back. and we're creating these communities and we're creating that belonging and... Mm. It's one of those where I'm very much at the start of this. You know, I mean, technically, I've been doing this for three years, but it's a uh, everything is. I've started off trying to do everything myself, and I'm just mm. learning, and I do it for the love of doing. You're it. young, though. I mean, you know, at your age, okay, I did have a business at the time, and uh, I was making quite a bit of money, but then I made some massive mistakes and nearly lost the whole bloody thing. Yeah. Well, actually, I did lose a business when I was 35, and that was the depressing time that I had to go But this through. is the thing, like, I know you said, oh, I started this watch company with 10 quid in the bank. I think the value that doesn't get discussed at that point is 10 quid in the bank, but a wealth of knowledge and experience in being an entrepreneur to a certain extent, yeah. which contributes to the growth. You never fail. Mm. You're, you're only learn. ever learn. Yeah. You never fail. Never, ever call yourself a failure. And honestly, when you're on the... There's an Italian saying, actually. One of my friends over in Italy told me this when I was on the floor. He said the good thing about being on the floor is that you can leverage and lift yourself up again. Yeah. Uh, it's a very short term in Italian, but in English, that's the a... translation of it. And I thought, I use that in the back of my head. Yeah, if you're on the floor, you, at least you can leverage to, to bring it back up again. You've got something to stand on. Yeah, you've got something to stand on. And, and That's a great mindset. Yeah, never, it is. It's a, yeah, that. so, and, you know, never ever... F- You'll never fail. You always learn. Whether you fail in a relationship, whether you fail with buying a, a dodgy French car or whatever, <laughs> it's never failure. You're always learning. You're always okay. I don't do that again. You know, smack your head on the against, against the door. Oh, actually, that hurt. Maybe we won't do it again. Yeah, it's not failure. That's learning, right? I won't put my hand on the stove again because that really did hurt. So don't do it again. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And so that's how you get better and better and better. And if you get to a certain age, and I know people who have been uh, protected from failure most of their lives, the minute they get to sort of mid-40s and they have something which is a little bit uncomfortable, they cannot handle it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the, if you have these failures when you're younger, when you get to my age, you literally are so battered and bruised. You're like, you're strengthened by bring it on, yeah. bring it on. Even, you know, I, I took on one of the biggest racing teams in the world in a court case and I said bring it on do it and I won amazing yeah because I wasn't scared I just thought that's how you buy a four (laughs) (laughs) you you cannot let people who you perceive to be bigger than you in inverted commas because no one's bigger than you and I've spoken to CEOs of massive corporations who've got massive vulnerabilities yeah. And they're worried about being there. They're worried about waking up in the morning. Well, there's that imposter syndrome hits everyone. Yeah, and nobody oh, mate. seems yeah. to want to acknowledge it. And it's no, like, no, no, I get it all the time. guy's got it. Yeah, Just, yeah. He's sat there going, am I actually supposed to be leading this multi-million yeah, yeah, yeah. company? And it's like, well, everybody feels the imposter syndrome. It's normal. It is. No, I was on the grid at Le Mans. 
Amazing. And um, well, got, you had that last minute kind of sponsorship deal. Well, actually, no, it, it was actually it happened in this room. Oh, um, right. So the owners of the team came here. We had a chat. We've been working together on and off for two, three years. And I said, let's formalize and do something. And then four days before, it all just sort of went whoosh. Yeah. You know, so we had this massive sort of, and then I was in the car on Thursday morning, so I've got to be there. Because you called me on the Monday saying, I'm yeah. really sorry. I know we're supposed to record on Friday, <laughs> but I've got to go to Le Mans. I'm really sorry. I was like, you don't need to apologize to having to go to Le Mans and be on the grid. That was wonderful, but I'm on the grid. And I've got to tell this, well, I've, I put it on my Twitter, actually. And going back to being endorsed by your peers, I was on the grid and um, I saw Richard Meal, you know, the, as in the watch kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and he was on the other side of, there was a car, so I was at the front of the car, he was at the back of the car. And I thought, I really want to say hello to him. And I got interrupted by somebody who knew me and he said hello and all the rest of it. And then my wife, if she wasn't there, it would sound like this story is total bollocks. <laughs> but she was there and I keep saying, did that really happen? He came over and he shouted, shouted, Shami. And I looked around and I thought, what? How do, how do you... This is supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold on a second. The Matrix has gone wrong. And then I said, yes. He goes, oh, I'm Oligato. And he goes, oh, shit, it's you. And I went, yeah, it is me. I said, how do you know who I am? He goes, everybody knows you. And I just thought... And I said to my wife, and I keep saying, even as I'm telling you now, I sound like I'm bullshitting. But my wife was standing next to me and she said, I couldn't believe he said that. And then he got into this conversation about he loves the passion behind what we're doing and we're watching you. So I'm thinking, oh shit, what, Twitter? What, Instagram? Yeah. I don't know where he's watching. But honestly, I, even as I tell you that now, it happened, what, uh, three, four, five weeks ago, whenever it was. I'm still on cloud nine because getting that endorsement from one of your peers is the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And I've got wonderful customers and they're great support. And they, you know, every time we get a lovely message, it makes me buzz. But, but when you get something like that from somebody's that validation, of, validation, yeah. like levelness, isn't it? Cause yeah. You'll cause be looking up to that. I'm a speck go, of dust. Oh, yeah. I'm a speck of dust compared to that guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, whether that speck of dust be financially or, or exposure or whatever, but, but to get that validation was just amazing. And again, imposter spirit syndrome, I thought, shit. Yeah, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it happens, like, as I'm growing within what I do, these smaller occasions happen more frequently. And it's yeah. very surreal. Yeah. Especially from three years ago, just being a guy who likes cars, to being invited to places or having yeah. people go, oh, you're that guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, crap, I'm going to have to stop wearing my T-shirts. Like people recognise me when I've got the T-shirt on there. I, uh, I don't know when it started, but I've had people come up and take selfies and they're thinking, what are you doing? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like how... I haven't got to that point yet, thankfully. No, even my daughter said, what the hell, Pops? And I went, yeah, I've got no idea. Honestly, I was in a little coffee shop in the outskirts of New York on Saturday. Yeah. And this young bloke came up to me and said, I know you. And I went, no, you don't. You must be getting mistaken. He goes, no, no, no. Here's your Instagram. Here's your Twitter. I'll oh, follow God, you. That's and weird. Like, it's, it, the community is wonderful. Yeah. And, it, and I'm, not, I'm not the big I am because I'm not. But it's the community that's built around what you do and what I do is wonderful. And I think oh, we all amazing. should, you know, bringing people in is really important. And making sure that everyone knows that you haven't just arrived here. I certainly haven't just arrived here. You know, we, we've been through, well, we've been through shit. Yeah, yeah like even know? as, well, I'll be the first to say, like this last week I've been, it's taken me six days to have the energy to actually open my laptop. Mm. Like, we did Festival of Speed on the Thursday, 
which is a great event. I yeah. love being there. I love, I love bumping into all the I different people. I haven't missed people. it since 1997. Well, before I did the Zakona stuff, we were like, right, we'll do festival one year and we'll do the revival oh, yeah, sorry. the next. Oh, sorry, you did call me. I didn't call you back because we were so busy that day. That, that's what it's like. like yeah. I think I did 26,000 steps. Yeah. Something like that, like 20 yeah. kilometres or something yeah. ridiculous. Um, we, would, we were going to alternate between Festival of Speed and the Revival because as a consumer, it's like, what can I see? Whereas now, it's right, I need to be there because then I'll see these people and I yeah. need to be there because then I get to catch up with these people. And you don't go for the cars anymore. No. And I, I think this adds to that, oh, there's no point going to the dick-swinging car meets because no. you don't care about the cars. No. Once you're immersed in the car world, you see it all. Either you'll see I... it at that meet or you'll see it at another event or something. You'll see it. So you don't need to be like, oh, I need to go there to see this car. So then you become more about the people because you go, well, it's not about, like the cars bring us together. And if a friend is there and they've just got this new car, I'm excited to go and see it. Yeah. But it's the friend that I'm excited for. It's not the car. No, 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 exactly. So I didn't see any cars at the Festival of Speed. I literally didn't. I literally just, we spent the whole day up until nine o'clock in the evening just speaking to people that we hadn't seen in ages. Yeah. And that's all it was. And that's what it's about. Like, I, I think took, I took two pictures. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to, and I'm really shit at it. I've got probably six of these that I need to make and no time to do so. I'm trying to do like a, not like a behind the scenes, but a, on the road. These are the events that I go to. This is what it's like just being involved in the car world, so to speak. So I try and do little bits of video here and there. And that again is, a, part of it is about building the brand and I'm still very, very small. So it's, mm. it's hopefully got some value in it. So I spent a lot of my time like just crouching down and getting little bits of video and stuff. And my my friend Terry, who um, is illustrator maker, whose previous podcast episode, he came down with me. And his he's got a S cargo, you know the little Nissan snail van. Oh yeah, yeah, he's cool. got one of those. Oh wow, and it's a really cool little thing. It broke down, ah. a pipe split or something like that. So I took him down. And we spent the whole day just like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's so-and-so. We're just chatting away. And yeah, yeah. A friend of mine has a, a GRRC badge. And another friend was in the thing. And he was like, oh, come over there. We'll meet you. And he went, I'll borrow my badge so you can go and sit and have a <laughs> coffee with him. And it's just a really nice like, place to go and catch up with people. Yeah. And it's it also very surreal when you bump into very well-known people yes. that you know. Yeah. And as as I'm still new to this, this is happening more, but it's something that's never happened before. So, like, I bumped into a very well-known YouTube personality, literally just to say, oh, hi, nice to see your face, like, let's have a coffee at some point. And within five seconds, can I have a selfie, can I have a selfie? I was like, so I texted him, I said, I hope you're ready, for, I hope you've got enough energy for this weekend, because it's... I imagine it's a lot of energy. It's like, it's yeah. relentless. Yeah. And that's a real kind of fear of mine is, well, what if things grow and you get well-known? Have I got the mental energy to be kind of like, not like offensive, but like keep the authenticity with everyone? And I would not want to lose that enthusiasm through sheer repetition. Mm. Um, and obviously you're a bit further down the path and it's great to see that you're still engaged. Oh, still very energetic. Unfortunately, it's at this point that Shami's mic has died, so we have had to swap the mics over, pause the recording, and pick up again from where we left off. Fortunately, it happened right at the end of the section, and we picked up that the mic had died without missing too much, so there's probably only five or six seconds worth of audio that we lost, 
and we picked up relatively quickly and acknowledge it in the next part. So on with the podcast. I've hit record again. This is technically three parts now <laughs> because we had the band and then your mic's just gone. So I don't know how much of it is... <laughs> We were talking about people who start believing their own bullshit when, yeah, when we material were. things start coming. And hopefully um, that got picked up before the mic just switched yeah. off and then you just sounded like you're the other end of the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, you know, that's the one thing in any business. Um, you, you obviously got to make enough to, to cover your bills and all the rest of it and have a little bit for an income and all the rest of it. But anything more than that is, you know, you've got to work out ways of helping other people. So, you know... I love cars, and it's well documented that I do, but they don't define me. So don't believe your own hype because you, you own... I see loads of YouTubers who, oh, I've got this. Oh, no, no, I've got this one now. Oh, no, 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 I've got this one now. And honestly, if they don't carry on doing that every two weeks, they don't have an audience. Yeah, yeah. People get bored. Look, uh, the big reveal, and it, the, the, who gives a shit what you're driving, man? Yeah. What are you doing with your life, and what are you doing to help other people? Nothing. All you're doing is giving yourself this a dopamine hit every bloody two weeks, and then they have to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and, bigger. and they have to get they have to. And I know one one um, one guy on YouTube who's borrowed God knows how much. He's got, his pay monthly payments are twenty five thousand pounds a month just on cars. Can you imagine the pressure? And it's I think that would class is stress. That's <laughs> twenty five grand a month God. just on cars. That's spending. a new that's GTA E6 every month. Yeah, that's just on finance payments. It's not on buying a new car. No. It's finance payments. Why would you do that? Where are you going to end up? You're going to end up dead, right? It, because your validation only comes from the material stuff rather than the stuff that you're doing. Your, your validation, Lewis, doesn't come... Okay, you sell a nice product, your T-shirt. I've noticed it straight away because the colours are wonderful on it and it's printed well. <laughs> so you sell a product... But your validation and your, and, your, and your wealth comes from the fact that you're doing so much to help people talk about crap, yeah. right? We're just a couple of blokes sitting across the table talking about cars, about things that you've actually, there's wealth in that. And, there, and there's a lot of respect in what you're doing that way. If you had 25 grand going out every month and you had to turn up and show me a bloody car, I'd go, oh, God, that knob's turning up again yeah. with another car. <laughs> but that's what they do. Every re- big reveal. I don't give a shit whether it's a small reveal. You know, it's a downward spiral. So what are you doing apart from buying yourself and making yourself look you know, richer than anybody else? What are you doing? Nothing. My company... We're a motorsport company. The heart is in motorsport. Yeah. We get, I spend a lot of money with motorsport. Young drivers, established drivers, racing teams. They make a lot of money out of what we do. I don't have to give them the money, right? I could make a motorsport watch and just carry on pretending that I'm in the circle. I actually phoned up. We, we just, caught, we just uh, launched a new watch called Reims or Rands, as in the place in France, right? I own the name, the, the IP for it, Class 14 for watches. I own the name Ryan's. It's Reams, but Ryan's, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I get corrected by the purists as opposed to the tourists. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Windsor. There's a lot of tourists. Yeah, there's about. a lot of tourists, yeah. So on Twitter, and I did this on purpose on my personal account, I tagged the circuit um, Twitter account. Hey, I really want to do a, um, a deal with you. They never replied, never replied. So then I did an open Twitter instead of sort of at Circuit Reams. Yeah. I put, hey, 
circuit reams. I want to give you 10,000 euros. That was the tweet. So everyone who followed me could see it, rather than when you put the at at the front, not many people can see it. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly they woke up and said, what? He wants to give us money. And I said, yeah, well, I've got this watch. I know that you're, you've got T-shirts and stickers that you're selling to help uh, keep the place alive, right? I've got this watch company. I want to make a watch. And I'm gonna, I would love to give you anything. We can raise anything up to 10,000 euros with it. And they're like, why would you do that? I said, because it's authentic. I don't want to use the name Rands and then suddenly... Not be involved. Not be involved with it. It's like Le Mans. We went to Le Mans. We've done Le Mans in Le, in a Le Mans. And we got the watch. To, we've done Le Mans with the Le Mans watch. Yeah. We've done Dakar with the Dakar watch. You know, Maranello, um, we're doing some stuff around Fiorano um, this year. I've got to be careful about what I say here, actually. But we're doing stuff authentically with the product. Yeah. You know, so the Panamericana watch that I'm wearing today, we're doing the Panamericana. I really like that. We're doing the Panamericana rally. Amazing. You know, so the watch that's called Panamericana is going to go and do the rally. Yeah. That's the level of authenticity. We're doing stuff to help people. We're giving money to people to go racing. You're giving people help. You know, by having these discussions and talking about mental health and saying it's all right, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And I'm the, the worst person for talking. And if I, so I made a t-shirt that is all the things that I say to myself, apart from you're a hypocrite because not everybody's doing what I'm doing, so therefore it's not relevant. And it's probably not good design to put you're a hypocrite <laughs> on the t-shirt. But it's all the stuff that I say, because even though I do what I do, and I used to work in secure psychiatric hospitals and I used to deal with the worst of the worst that mental health can throw at you I still struggle and my partner's a psychologist like an actual doctor and I still struggle like we had a, a thing this week where so I, the shit that happened when I was a teenager was relatively traumatic right and something happened that took me back to that place emotionally so I just like locked down for a, a whole day just didn't really say more than three words for the day and the next morning, the, the only thing that I could do in terms of reassuring my other half that I was okay, I just needed to deal with something, was I could text. So I texted her. She was like next to me. And I texted her saying, I'm dealing with this. This is why I'm being quiet. It's not you. You've not pissed me off or upset me. I'm just, that took me to this place and it's hit me harder than I expected. And even the person that is telling everyone to talk, that was the only form of communication that I could muster up in that moment. Yeah. And if that's how it is for me, it must be 10 times harder for people that have grown up with man up, don't talk, don't do this, don't do that. I've been you through can't some dark emotions. times of being the joker at a party and then going home and literally sitting there thinking, I can't buy food tomorrow. Yeah. I can't, I can't pay my mortgage on Tuesday. Uh, but, you, you know, around your mates, you're the best, you're the best. And then, you know, when things started going really pear-shaped and I had to go to county court to save the house and everything else... Even then, I remember being, oh, no, it's fine. it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't fine. Actually, it, it was traumatic on me. And even to today, that trauma is still in my head. Yeah. But, and I, and, I, and, I, and I do this with anybody around me. So during the pandemic, our business took off. Everyone was sitting at home with furlough money, bored, not spending money on travel and going out. And we went from... We th- I thought I'd lost everything. I worked so hard and I thought, right, the world's going to implode. But actually, the cont- on, on the contrary, what happened was, was phenomenal. The business grew 300% in 2020. Amazing. Yeah, and so my wife and I literally were, were bringing stock from the warehouse and just packing it, both of us on our own, all day. <laughs> um, we were doing seven people's job 
Yeah, yeah, and we we didn't have we haven't had a break since. Actually, a lot of people say oh, furlough was wonderful. Three months of sitting around in the garden <laughs> drinking beer. Actually, we weren't. We were inside packing the whole time. So, but but what happened there was so that that was really good. But I phoned up a hardcore bunch of my mates who were all suffering. You know, they were in the travel industry, they were in the restaurant industry, and I said, "Dudes, I've been where you are now with no income coming in and nothing happening. I, I'm making money, right?" And I'm, I, this, and I'm going to ask you two questions. If you need money and you need money for food, you phone me and I'll transfer it to you. Yeah. If you can pay me back, tell me. If you can't pay me back, tell me so I know how much to give you. Then I know how, then I know how to write it off. Mm. Right? I had about six friends who literally, they couldn't believe that I phoned them up. But I've been there. Yeah. I've been surrounded by people who couldn't give a shit what I was going through because I was the joker. I was trying to make everything happy and everyone, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, but, but actually, you're not fine inside. The, 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 you've seen, I can't remember where I saw it, but I think it was a video on, on, um, on Twitter the other day. These guys, they had six videos or something of people laughing the days before they committed well, suicide. Calm's got a campaign currently. Is, is that the one? And they've got these... The video that I saw and the campaign itself is the last photos of people. Yes. Before they committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. And these are all photos of people smiling. Yeah. And it's not your, your Robin Williams and that the, the well-known. These are just normal people. Yeah. yeah. And they've got. I, I don't know where they are, and I need to go and see it. It's they're almost like billboards, but it's like you know how the road rat have those stands outside yes. with the different covers. They're about that size. Yeah. And I think there's like fifteen of them, and it's like James X date. The day before he committed suicide, and it, they're all—they're not happy. They're walking the dog. They're, these are the last photos of these people, mm. and none of them look like the next day they they weren't here anymore. And it's that—is that exactly what you're saying? With I remember in the driving and, into London, thinking life would be a lot easier if I just turned into the central reservation. Yeah, and I've had days like that. Yeah, I, I probably handful, but I literally just looked at the central reservation and I thought it'd be so much easier if I just went into it. Mm. You know, and so the fact that they, I'm even telling you, I mean, if my family listen to this, they'll be quite upset because I've never said it before. And I'll tell them before it goes out. Well, you've got a few weeks. So yeah, I know, I know. But I'll tell them, but you, man up. you got to man up. Well, no, actually, I don't want to freaking man up. I need somebody to help me out. This is why during pandemic, I phoned up these mates and I said, listen, I know you're going through shit. And he said, yeah, I am. I don't know what to do. I haven't got any money. I've got nothing. I said, listen, well, how much can you afford to pay me? I can't afford to pay you anything back. Right, well, here's the amount of money then. And I said, if you run out of anything in a month's time, call me again. Yeah. And I tell you what, every one of those people, they're all back on their feet again. They've all paid me back. Not that I ever asked for it, but they pay me back. Mm. And that, to me, is what community is about. That's what yeah. being belonging is about. Not to judge somebody on the biggest freaking car in the car park. And don't judge me by what I'm driving today because the shit that used to happen. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I, 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 I've got imposter syndrome just walking into my garage. I feel like I'm just storing it for somebody. <laughs> someday, someday, one guy's going to turn up and say, can I have the cars back? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, never take anything for granted. But on the other hand, you've got to look out for people around you because you're not, you know, you're important. Obviously, your family's important. But you're nothing without community. You're nothing without belonging to somebody. Yeah, no man is an island. No, no, exactly. And if you think that just because I'm spending £25,000 in finance payments a month on cars, you're the best thing. Actually, you're a dickhead for doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because probably nobody likes you. That's why you need validation from material stuff. Yeah. You know, so 
these are the kind of conversations we all need to have. And like I said, I'm a generation above you and my generation still find it very difficult to do that. They still think, oh, no, no, I'm fine. Oh, that guy's got a bigger car than me. Oh, my God, he's better than me. Oh, he's a better hunter-gatherer than me. He's a Neanderthal, right? Yeah. yeah. He's a better hunter-gatherer. I've I've got a big buffalo and all I got home was a little sheep. Well, actually, your sheep is still going to feed your family. Yeah, yeah. You're still going to make your... Sorry, vegans. (laughs) Yeah. What can we talk about? I don't know. Lettuce and spinach. Anyway. But, yeah, so it's the hunter-gatherer thing in it. Oh, me, me, hunter gatherer bigger. Me yeah, have, yeah, me have Ferrari. Got to lead the tribe. Yeah, I? yeah. And I think like so, my pastimes, well, pre-lockdown, it's it's been a while now. Um, have all been like the traditional like blokey thing, like rock climbing, mountain biking, fighting, jujitsu, all that sort of stuff. And I do them because I enjoy the rush and I enjoy the danger and blah 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 blah. The biggest thing, the thing that takes the most strength, is that text message saying. I'm feeling like absolute dog shit because I'm emotionally struggling. And it, it's such a big challenge to get over your ego and send yeah. those messages or have those conversations. It doesn't matter how manly you are, how many times you've been to the gym this week or what car you drive, the real strong person is the person that can have those conversations yeah. and be vulnerable. Like It takes a lot of strength but, to be vulnerable. You're right. And, it, and it's a great conversation and it's a great um, thing that you started. But on the flip side of that, don't be afraid to celebrate your wins. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the other thing society doesn't want you to do. You know, if you've bought yourself this wonderful Renault 5 and you love it and everything else and, you, and, you, and, and it's yours and... You're not paying 25 grand a month in the store. You probably do that in parts, actually. But (laughs) that's all I sell t shirts for. Celebrate your wins, and they're your wins. Yeah. And nobody else should judge your wins, you know? The the guy who can hear again after not being able to hear, it's your wins. It doesn't matter what you do. If you make the perfect lasagna on a Friday and you've never been able to do it, celebrate the bloody thing. Yeah. You you don't need to post it on, you don't need validation from anyone else but yourself. No, you. If yeah. you want to post your perfect lasagna on Instagram, amazing. But yeah. don't feel like you have to for the validation. No, you no. can enjoy that. Because you're going to be let down by people not liking it. Yeah, or it's they, got they won't understand it. They won't understand your win. Yeah. So I've, I've also seen a lot of people who, who are uh, awkward about celebrating their wins. And that's, that's also wrong. We are British as well, which is well, <laughs> it's an extra level of challenge. Is... We should be more brash and probably from yeah. you know, New York. Hey, look at me, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I sold 10 t-shirts this week. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It well, it is. And it's, it's celebrate your wins. Whatever your celebration is, whether it be, a, a, I was going to say a tank full of fuel and go for a drive, but maybe a litre of fuel and you go for a drive, right? Round the it's, block. It's like, I tell you, and I do this, whenever I have a great day in, or a great week in the office, I'll grab one of the cars and I'll go for a drive. And yeah. I absolutely enjoy it. And on the flip side, when I'm having a shit time, I don't look at the more expensive ones. I'll go out and just the drive. Up and drive. You get the up and go and drive it yeah. because I feel like, no, no, I need to. I, I don't know what, but driving actually makes me feel wonderful. And I put a tweet out a few weeks ago saying driverless driving is such a privilege. Mm. And then I, well, I had a load of sort of people coming along and said, well, actually, don't let the government stop it. It's a necessity. It is a necessity for a lot of people. But don't think just because you've got a driving license, you're, you're entitled. You're not. Mm. You break the law, you're not entitled. So it's an absolute privilege being able to, for them to build the roads, them being society and government and all the rest of it, build the roads, build the infrastructure, have the fuel delivered, car companies, whatever. 
we've been given all this wonderful infrastructure for us to go and spend our three grand, five grand, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. to then go out and enjoy the roads. That's a privilege. If these people, wonderful people around us didn't give us the infrastructure, we've got nothing. Yeah. Right? So it's a privilege. It's not a right. You don't get up in the morning and say, oh, I, you build me road. Yeah. yeah. Well, why? <laughs> Twat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? It's a privilege. And, and that's how I see driving is an absolute privilege. Take advantage of it, your privilege is taken away. You know, you drive like a dick, your privilege is taken away. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I got a lot of crap about saying, don't let the government say that it's a privilege. Well, actually, dude, it, I'm it saying is. it is. No yeah. one's telling me to say it. I, I'm saying it is. It, is it may have started as they built roads so that they could travel on, well, they could travel their armies and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But currently, you, currently you, now, you know. You don't have a right to a car. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't, you don't. You're not born with a right to anything if you're a dick. Yeah. But if you conform and you integrate into society and you become a good guy or a good girl, you know, lady or whatever, that sounds awful, that's patronising. But if, if, you, if you integrate with society, then society gives you back a hell of a lot. Yeah, and it's that's not, not your saying that we need right. to be conformist, because we've already said that we don't need to do that. No, don't Otherwise we'd all be looking after Ferrari. <laughs> hey, listen, there has to be a level of... Yeah, it. make your if, own if decisions, we, but... If we ran with our, did a streak with the army, just sorry, the um, the band outside right now. I don't think that that's that's not the kind of thing I'm encouraging. No, but I think there is a sense of if everybody treats each other fairly and we all agree to a set got to be, circumstances, yeah, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah, and it's the outliers that cause the problems for us. Yeah, it? yeah, it's the but, same within but, the cold. I met in business. So, for instance, your business. Every morning I get up, and I say to myself, nobody needs what we sell. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And nobody needs what you sell. Nobody needs to listen to this podcast. No. But you've got and nobody to... will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really enjoying this then. Um, but the point is, nobody needs what you have. You sell a, you're a car salesman, you sell windows, you sell whatever. Unless you're a, you know, a heart surgeon or, or somebody who's going to fundamentally save human life, yeah. nobody needs what you've got. Yeah. But you've got to get up in the morning and work out why... You need to give them what you're doing. You're like with your T-shirts. You've got the angle of what you're doing here, recording and the, the interviews that you're doing. People hopefully want to belong to your community. Mm. You just happen to have a product to demonstrate that there is a community there. A bit like the guy who wears the Boss T-shirt. Yeah. You yeah. want to wear the Tacona one, right? So it's that kind of thing that you're doing. You're giving people a reason, and that's really important. You know, you can't just say, oh, hey, I have watch, buy it. Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't need a watch. No. Well, okay. Um, how about we try something else? No, no, I don't need a watch. Actually, this watch has raced at Le Mans. It won Le Mans, yeah. right? And it just happens to be the watch that was inside the car. Bloody hell, I want that watch. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of thing that you need to do. And it's like with your T-shirts. If you ever want to put one of those in a race car, uh, my next race, I'm going... Where am I going? I don't know what race I'm going I, I, It doesn't matter. I'm saying yes either way. <laughs> 100%. I'll get, I'll get someone to put it on. You'll yeah. get some person I'd put it on. It's like David Beckham. He put that super dry t-shirt on and it made the company. Yeah. It literally won photograph. He put the super dry t-shirt on and it made it into a multi-million pound global corporation. And that's as annoying as it is. That is a, a huge way of getting any sort of... However, let me, let me stop you there. Okay, this is, this is the really interesting thing that we do oh, that's my alarm to tell me my parking expires in 20 minutes 20 minutes I reckon we're done into it because I've got another no I think we're about wrapping up yeah, anyway yeah, cool um, so I never use influencers right 
saying to yourself that I have 20 or 1,000 followers is not a freaking achievement. Mm. You've got to achieve in life and happen to have social media. Yeah. Right? If, you, if your life is only achievement in social media, then actually you're pretty shallow. Yeah, you're uh, just you know, an advertiser. You're account. just nothing. Yeah. You, you say, oh, give me 500 quid, I'll, I'll post for you. There was one influencer asked me for 10,000 pounds for me to make me famous. And I went, I don't really want to be famous. I want to make money. Yeah. I said, if I give you 10, how are you going to make me 30? He couldn't answer the question. Mm. I don't need... So David Beckham is an achiever that has who influence. just happens to have influence. Yeah. And they're the people that you and I and companies like yours and mine need to engage with because they've achieved something in their life, so they have influence. They're not influencers because they've got... I think I've got 24,000 followers on one of my um, Twitter accounts. Right. I don't know what these 24,000 people are looking at or hope... <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, thank you for following. But that doesn't make me an achiever because I've got whatever. No, your achievement is you have the watch company and you're doing things. Yes. And these people follow you because you do those things. Yes, It's yeah. not these people follow you because you have followers no no it's just all crap yeah but the amount of times every day oh i've got three thousand followers i can do this i can do what what have you done with your life yeah oh no i've not done anything i've got three thousand followers all oh, right so you've done nothing yeah well done you <laughs> do you know what i mean so they're the sort of people you need to engage with so um, if yeah. you want to give me i'm going to buy them actually I'll, I'll buy a couple of t-shirts and i'll take them to racetracks and if we can get one I'm doing quite a few racetracks in the next few weeks. Right. I will take them with me and I'll put them either in the race car or on the race, race bike at Donington's a big world superbike thing coming up soon um, with the world champion. Amazing. Um, so if I can get him, he, won't, he might wear it, he might not, but if not, I'll just stick it on his bike and get a picture. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and stuff like that, like you don't have to do that sort of stuff. And this hey. is the car one and it's what yeah, we've kind of said. Right. Is, yeah. Like Henry Cutchfall, for an example, Bought a t-shirt when they were shit. So I sent him one when they were good. <laughs> I finally figured out how to make a good one. And sent him one. And then he wore it in a Carfection video. Yeah. And it was not a, an advert. And it was no, I didn't know it was happening. He texted me saying, you might want to watch this video. And then a load of people bought one because they like what he does and the quality of the... He does a really good thing. He knows his shit. But this is the card. He didn't have to do any of that. No. He could have just had the t-shirt, kept it in his drawer and him, great. Or he could have given it to someone, whatever. But the car world, and now case in point, brings people from all different walks of life and races, religions, backgrounds, everything. It levels them and it creates this community and this belonging where all of these people from all these different lives connect with one another and they then start helping each other out. And a friend of mine the other day went, oh, all you uh, car businesses, all you do is just you help each other to then grow and grow and grow. And it's like this little club of people that are going, all right, I'll share your thing and you share that thing. And we'll all like share each other's stuff yeah. and then hopefully everyone will be all right out of it. And for me, being new to this world... But why not? It's great. It's an well, amazing thing. Why not thing. help people out? I yeah, mean, there hurt, are some people it? who won't help you out it's because they're, they're insecure with their own lives. They're scared that if they give to you, it, they then and lose They take away something. from themselves, yeah. 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 Whereas if you're secure in what you're doing and you're quite confident in what you're doing... Why not help people out? Yeah, exactly. And some people, it, it, some people who may be listening to this, they know that I've shaped their futures. Um, people who've got jobs, I've, I've done things for a lot of people, and it gives me mental satisfaction that I've done it. I don't ever want anything. Hmm. A couple of big deals which I've had from recently, I don't want anything out of it. I just know that I've done it, and it's wonderful. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, and that to me is... Beyond beans it's on toast, isn't it? yeah. Beyond beans on toast, we don't need anything else, man. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
You know, if you get a steak once in a while, it's wonderful. But actually, you don't need the steak. Your beans on toast are okay. Yeah, you know I mean? you've got the nutrients. Yeah, in. yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably a really nice point for us to wrap up on. Yeah. Um, I've dragged you for almost two hours. Two now. hours. So we'll wrap up there. I'll, I'm actually going to have to edit this to put all the pieces together from microphones dying and the band, the band that are come to see me um, <laughs> coming through. But no, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. And one last thing to wrap up, where can people find the stuff that you're doing? It's probably the easy, easy way to end. So um, I run Amoligato, as, like, as you said, it's amoligatowatches.com. Uh, if you want to send me a message, then it's um, at Shami Kalra. That's my personal one. Do that one. And then um, everyone knows the car one, which I don't like to advertise so much. But we'll leave that one out. Yeah, we'll leave that one out. But yeah, no, I'm really chuffed you've asked me, man. Flattered. No. Really flattered. It's, it's because, been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, no, And I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Good. I'm glad that it was a nice conversation and a good chat. Hopefully yeah. it acts as an example for other people. So we'll wrap there.